Hello, it's Two Guys One World Cup. I'm James Cook. I'm Andy White. They think it's all over. Thank God for that. done the fifa world cup 2018 is over the wall chart has been taken down and put in the recycling and france were the winners yeah with the final i was torn i must admit between wanting croatia to win because they were the underdogs and had never won it before but at the same time i was still sort of bruised mentally from the fouling of Lovren yeah. against the England team, or Shoveren, as I've now named him. We should explain, by the way, we did try and record a podcast last Friday when we were in a car. We talked in depth on many subjects for half an hour and then found out that the recorder had only recorded the first five minutes of it. Um, <laughs> so, unfortunately, our semi-final roundup stays with us but we will be talking about that a little bit but the final has happened France against Croatia it was 4-2 Andy that was a very dramatic game a great victory by France that cannot be taken away from them no No, it can't (laughs) we will try obviously yes perhaps Uh, there should be a second referendum on it on the, on, the, on, the on the result, it did not meet with my approval. Therefore, I wish to investigate it further to see if there was any Russian involvement. As there was, there was Russian involvement. They staged this World Cup. Yeah. Putin was there. Yeah. So yeah. that indicates to me that we should have the whole thing done again. There's all kinds of shenanigans going on. Six goals in a World Cup final. That hasn't happened since 1966. Really? And I know something else that hasn't happened since 1966. Engelbert Humperdinck having a number one or something. <laughs> That's as many goals as in the last four World Cup finals added together. They are usually cagey affairs, mm-hmm. World Cup finals. But this wasn't. And it was like a greatest hits compilation of the whole World Cup. So I'm going to put the goals on and uh, I'll show you what I mean. It was a free kick, went over the wall. Of you say that, there's only one guy in the wall ah. who does like a goose step thing. <laughs> this is a Griezmann's free kick and it comes off Mandzukic. So it's an own goal, which we're kind of fine with because Mandzukic was who scored the winner against England. Ah, right. So an own goal in a World Cup final. I can't remember off the top of my head if that's ever happened before. Well, you're asking the wrong person. Yeah. Okay, so that was 1-0 to France. By the way, in the first half... Yes. Croatia were the better team. So France took the lead against the run of play. Ooh. Perisic's equaliser, an emphatic finish. What I liked about that goal was that there was a lot of harrying in the penalty area. Lots yeah. of, is it going to go? Is it not? Is it not? Is it? Is it? Is it not? Is it? Is it? Is it? And then it did. Whereas I've noticed in other matches, when that sort of thing has happened, there's just been, say, a cross into the area and someone has either picked it up or not and 
if it hasn't been, then it's been hoofed out almost immediately. I don't know if that's if you found that in this World Cup. Yeah, there have been a lot of crosses that have not gotten anywhere. Uh-huh. I think that's true. Again, that was a goal from a set piece. Set pieces and own goals have been a theme in this World Cup. There have been more own goals in this World Cup than in any other. It's interesting you saying about there being lots of harrying across the box. Of course, that's what England were doing with actual Harrys. <laughs> So that was one all, and then about five minutes left in the half, corner to France. There you go. What did you make of that? I didn't even see it go in. I'm sorry. So it went to VAR, went to the video-assisted referee. The claim is that Croatian player there, handball. Could you show me that again? I, yeah, I... yeah, hang on. It'll take me a second just to, uh, to rewind the thing. Now, this is a hugely controversial decision, okay, it turns out. Is it handball? So it's the uh, the Croatian number four, Perisic, who just scored. Yes. Same player who just scored. Yes. Is it deliberate handball? Ball comes over from the cross. I, In real time, you can't tell, and the referee didn't see it. Yes. So VAR told him, you better have a look at this. Uh, from that angle, I don't know. I don't see his hand touch the ball at all. I see his hand go down. His ha- I think his hand comes down and slaps the ball, and that's why it's been given, because his hand moved towards the ball. Anyway, yes. Griezmann gets the penalty. Griezmann scores. Yes. That's his fourth goal of the World Cup, but three of them are penalties. What's that so little dance he's doing? I don't know. He's kind of got the L on his head for loser. Or perhaps it means something else in Croatian. And a little dance. Well, he's French. Croatia had a chance there. This is the second half now. Here's Mbappe. Watch him go. Oh, that was lovely. Step overs and things. Yes. <laughs> Pogba's goal has made you laugh. Yes. It's just because he, he kicked it against the Croatian player. It bounced off the Croatian player. They were just standing there as if they were figures in table football. And, and then 4-1 to France there. Yeah. Mbappe. Oh. 19 years old, Mbappe. Oh, my word. 19? What were you doing when you were 19, Andy? Oh, I was retaking my A-levels. Were you winning the World Cup? I wasn't winning the... being voted best young player at the tournament? No, I wasn't. But at that time, I I wasn't really interested in in that sort of thing. If you had been interested... If I had been interested... Probably would have done it. Yes, that was it. That's what held me back. Not lack of talents or... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Anything like that, or not being French. Do you know what I, I did when I was 19? Tell me. I was on ITV's The Big Big Talent Show. Oh, crikey. I remember watching that with uh, Jonathan Ross used to present it, didn't yeah, he? That's right. And didn't Gina Yashere appear on it? I think so, yeah. A lot of comics did it. Dave Johns did it. Ed Byrne, Omid Jalili, they were all on it. And me. And you. So, you know, sometimes the uh, exciting thing you do when you're 19... Yeah. Doesn't really pan out the way you'd think. So there's a warning, Killian. I'll tell you something else I did when I was um, 18, 19. I um, asked a girl out who was in sixth form at my school and uh, she gave me a phone number and I didn't follow up on this for, for reasons I can't remember. And then the next thing I knew, she was appearing in the film Shaun of the Dead as the love interest. Her name was Kate Ashfield. So, wow. Uh, so, yeah. You got her phone number? I assume it has changed since then. <laughs> we could ring her right now, <laughs> see if she's still on for it. <laughs> That's interesting because I was at the same sixth form college as Lucy Davis, who is also in Children of the Dead. She is, isn't she? Yeah. Crikey. Small world. Anyway, so that was 4 1 to France. Yes. With about half an hour to go. So you're thinking, uh, France have won this. Yeah. Now 4 1. Actually, some we were thinking uh, this could get embarrassing for Croatia. 
and subsequently embarrassing for England because you know Croatia in the first half with a better team yes I was watching it with a couple of friends uh, and we were talking about how hey England look pretty good now because it turns out Croatia are a really good team mm-hmm. you know and we only just lost them and then the second half happened and we were going oh it doesn't look so good now uh, so anyway 4-1 to France and then this happens I'm sure you'll get a big kick out of this <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's Mandzukic's goal Mandzukic who scored the own goal earlier Gets his uh, gets to score <laughs> so, at both ends so, because Hugo Lloris, the French goalkeeper, had a brain fart. <laughs> I am going to kick the ball up the field. Oh, no, I'm not. Very sporting of him. There you go. Ah. Didier Deschamps being thrown in the air in celebration. And very well done to all of them. Then there was the trophy presentation. Interesting happened in the trophy presentation. First of all, it was delayed for ages. So they kept having to fill in the studio. On BBC, obviously. The final is shown on BBC and on ITV at the same time. But frankly, who's going to watch it on ITV? No, I never, I never watch any major occasions on ITV. No, don't believe they're true. No. Frankly, Mark Pugac could have been windmilling who, his who's that woman? on ITV. No who's that woman? That was the president of Croatia. So as, as soon as the game finished, yeah. the rain started. Oh. And it got absolutely torrential. They get this uh, little platform out on the, uh, on the pitch for the presentation and the dignitaries are there so Infantino the um, president of FIFA Putin Macron Mm -hmm. the president of Croatia and a couple of other dignitaries are in this line he's peeing down with rain they're all getting soaked apart from Putin because he's got a lackey standing behind him with an umbrella So he was the only one with an umbrella yeah. uh, in the yeah. whole thing. Eventually, they all got umbrellas. Yeah, but, but you know, Putin's umbrella was tipped with a poison dart. Oh, that's really true. And then they gave out the prizes. Mbappe, who scored for France, he won the Young Player of the Tournament. Modric of Croatia won Player of the Tournament. Oh. Which was kind of weird, because they gave him a trophy, and like I said, well done. But he's just lost the World Cup final. So he's like really annoyed in the photos <laughs> holding this trophy. Harry Kane won the Golden Boot. Which is the prize you win for scoring the most goals. No matter how they go in, they all count. The Belgian goalkeeper, Thibaut Courtois, won the Golden Gloves, which is the prize for the best goalkeeper. Courtois? I'm sure he got more than that. (laughs) (laughs) So, lots of fun in the World Cup final. A lot of goals, a lot of incidents, a lot of things for people to talk about. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed watching the game. I must admit, I didn't watch it. I told myself it was because I, I had other things to do, but... I think it was because I was still disappointed that England were not in the final. I was tempted to watch it because I was told there was going to be a Doctor Who teaser in in that half-time. That half-time, yeah, rather than during the game. Yes, yes. They didn't land a TARDIS on the pitch. In fact, I might have watched... If they'd said, at some point during the game, we're going to stop and have a Doctor Who teaser, I might have Mm. watched it just... In case, but then I did see the Doctor Who teaser afterwards, and, and were you teased? It seems as if what happens in that is the Doctor comes along and replenishes your pizza. Hooray! That was supposed to be the big teaser to, to make people watch the next series of Doctor Who. You've got the World Cup, one of the biggest TV events. It's an opportunity there to reach out to a wider audience. Mm. So you'd want a teaser to be the sort of thing where people go, wow, I really want to see that. And me and every other Doctor Who fan just went, meh. Well, that's what fans do these days. 
I realise now, having seen that, what it is like to be an England fan. What you need to do <laughs> to be an England fan is to put up with so much meh <laughs> just to see the occasional bit of brilliance that justifies your continued fandom. By sheer synchronicity, our two worlds have been brought together mm. in that instance, and I have insight now into how it feels. I mean, I obviously will watch Doctor Who. I will watch every episode they put out there, mm. good or bad. And I will watch every England game, as I always do, Yes. even when they're atrocious away games in Eastern Europe. Yes. As the phenomenologists say, our horizons have been fused. Have they? Yes. Uh, we can have a cigarette afterwards. Do I need to get that checked out? <laughs> so let's talk a bit about the semi-final. Not the France-Belgium one. Who gives a toss about that? Although that was the one you predicted correctly. I did. And because I predicted that one correctly, I thought, am I on a roll here? Because I I did predict that, Fran that England would beat Croatia and then we'd have a France-England final and England would win the final. I thought, wouldn't it be a turn-up if the first World Cup I actually paid attention to was the one that ended up in an England win. Because there have been so many sort of fairy tale, Hollywood style things happening in this World Cup, I thought this would be the cherry on the cake, and I half believed it would happen just for that reason. But it wasn't to be. It However, wasn't. five minutes into the England Croatia game, uh -huh. uh, when England scored oh, the free kick. Oh, my word. Yes, it was at that point. I was sitting with my um, other football mm. companions. Once again, congratulate Steve on his catering. He made an excellent half-time chilli. Thank you very much. For he that is thing. the unsung hero of World Cup 2018, isn't he? He is indeed. He is indeed. His, his culinary skills deserve a golden... I'm going to say spoon, but that sounds wrong. Ladle? Ladle. Golden ladle. And when, it, when they got that first goal in five minutes, everyone around me cheered, and I found myself cheering as well. For, yes! <laughs> <laughs> in fact, uh, Claire pointed at me and says, you realise you are cheering as well, don't you? <laughs> so, yes, yes, I know. I am cheering. And I was even wearing my waistcoat. Oh, yes, in honour of uh, Southgate. No, I just happened to be wearing a waistcoat. <laughs> oh, did you wear them, don't you? Yeah. Don't forget I forget you're a professional snooker player. <laughs> And then I was thinking, if they just hold on to... If they just hold on... I don't care now if they just form a wall around the goal and just stand there and just deflect whatever Croatia throw mm. at them. I will put up with 80 minutes of tedium just to see that victory. And every time Croatia were getting the ball into England's goal area, there's my friend Karen, who's a massive England fan. She was going, get it out! Get it out! This is unbearable! Get it out! It was like watching football while a... A woman gives birth. So Can we just clarify, uh, when you say Karen's a massive England fan, she's a massive fan of England. She's not. She's actually lost quite a bit of weight. She she has. Yeah. She's, <laughs> she's not the Bella Emberg no. of football fans. No, absolutely not. A reference for the kids there. That thing of England scoring early and then losing has happened a few times. Has it? It happened in... Well, Euro 96, the semi-final, the one that went to penalties, that it happened then, we scored early... It happened in the quarterfinal in 2004 that yeah. we went on to lose. It yeah. happened. And it happened against Iceland two years ago. Oh, right. England scored early and then lost. So, delighted as I was that, that Trippier scored that free kick. And uh -huh. really, no one in the England team deserved a goal more than he did. He's been absolutely brilliant. He's come from, well, not nowhere, because he's a professional footballer who plays in the Premier League. But 
he has been like a standout star that no one saw coming. Yes. So delighted that goal went in and then looked at the clock and went, oh, couldn't this have come five minutes from the end? Ah, yes. Rather than five minutes from the beginning. But then we England had more chances in the first half. Kane had that one that where he hit the post and then he tried to steer it in. It looked like he missed, but it has subsequently been going around social media, a slow motion video of that. The goalkeeper actually saves it. Oh, right. So he didn't miss. The goalkeeper pulls off this incredible save. And really, we needed to get another goal while England were dominant and they didn't. And then second half, Croatia came out and it was a different game. It was all Croatia then. It was. Pretty much from then to the end. And and you have to say, on balance, they did deserve to win. They did deserve to win, even with the execrable Lovren. Lovren, who subsequently, after the semi-final, started saying... I'm one of the best defenders in the world, you know. <laughs> what a great way to win people over. So, yeah, I mean, England, they went further than people thought they were going to. Yes. Partly due to having an easy-ish draw. Mm-hmm. I don't think Colombia were a particularly easy team to play. But Sweden in a quarterfinal, you'd have that. So it feels like England are kind of back where they were 10 or 15 years ago in that they are now beating the teams you'd think they'd beat. Right. But struggling against the, you know, for want of a better term, better teams. In recent years, England have gone backwards and were losing to the teams that everyone thought they should be beating. There are young players in the team who look good and there are more young players coming through. So actually, I think the future looks quite rosy for England right now. Because I was hearing that the youth teams have been winning our best in the world. Uh, Under-17 and under-20 World Cup champions Mm -hmm. England are at the moment, which has never happened before. England have never won the Youth World Cups. And a lot of exciting players in those teams. And one of the good things is that the area of the pitch where England are lacking at the moment, which is sort of a creative midfielder. Now, when you say creative midfielder, I've I've heard this sort of expression bandied about a lot. Well, I think while they're playing, they make a sculpture or something. (laughs) What, What does it mean? It's a player in the midfield who is able to pick out a pass or beat a man when I say beat a man yeah, yeah. Uh, Andy, I mean dribble round him with the ball <laughs> and create a goal scoring opportunity yeah. from nothing Okay, really. we've got a lot of solid midfielders at the moment but one who can consistently make something happen Right, that's really what a creative midfielder is so in the Croatian team they have Modric who can do that the France team has Pogba and the Belgian team had Hazard and De Bruyne. Right. England don't really have that right now, but a lot of but in the youth teams that are coming through, there's three or four who show potential. And what England need is at least one of them to fulfil that potential. Which hasn't happened in the past. When we've had sort of young, exciting, creative midfielders, they've promised a lot and then not really delivered. Such as? Well, Ross Barkley, he was in the squad in the last World Cup as a 21-year-old, and everyone was saying, oh, he'll be the future of England, disappeared now on the Chelsea subs bench. Jack Wilshire, he was supposed to be the great white hope of English football, turned out not to happen. I mean, partly due to injury, and even going back further, Joe Cole, who was like a perfectly fine midfield player, but when he broke through, he was going to be this incredible Pele-ish talent. Now, with these creative midfielders, Fielders, can they be made or can they only just be found? Can you take a footballer and say, right, you are going to be a creative midfielder and train them to be one? Um, I don't know. I suppose you could, 
The creative element is probably the hardest thing to train. So being able to see the opportunity. Yes, yeah, it's, it's about reading the game and, mm-hmm. and, and the awareness as well as the technical ability. Yes. So it's quite easy to teach a, a footballer the technical side of it because like, you know, physically do this with your body. Yes. But it's, you're having to teach them how to think. I see where you're coming from there. Some players do develop it with age. Yeah. Famously, Teddy Sheringham. Oh, right. In the 90s, he came into the England team quite late in his career. He was already in his late 20s, I think. Yeah. He was quite a slow player. But what they always said about him was that he had an extra yard in his head because he was able to think quickly and see things and pick out a pass. Okay. Which meant he didn't have to run. And that was something he developed over years. So it, it can happen like that. So in two years, it's the... European Championships and that's going to be hosted all over Europe really? yes it's being held I think 16 cities all over Europe are going to be hosting games the semi-finals and the final will be at Wembley oh that would be good yeah it'd be great if England got to the <laughs> semi-final again uh, and so now it's Southgate will be working towards that so it'll be about who's going to be in the team in two years time how would you rate Southgate's performance as a manager during this World Cup good he's done a good job okay. he hasn't done a great job but he, I think he showed the willingness to learn from his mistakes so what mistakes has he made and how has he learned from them I mean you could argue that some of the substitutions he made in the semi-final didn't really make any sense I mean, hindsight's a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. But he took off Henderson, who didn't really look like he was injured or tired, and put on Dyer, who's the same kind of player. And at a time when England needed to change the game because Croatia were on top, right. it, that kind of felt like a wasted substitution. And there's a lot of suspicion that he kept Harry Kane on the pitch, despite Harry Kane being injured, on the basis that if it went to penalties, Harry Kane is good at penalties. But really, try and win the game in, in extra time. Setting them up and man management, yeah. that all seemed to work brilliantly. Okay. So it's the in-game management, reacting to things that happen in the games, that's the thing I think he needs to work on. In our previous conversation about this that, uh, that ended up lost in on yeah. the car journey, you made reference to Southgate going to watch American football matches. Yeah, he did. He, he went to watch NFL games. He went to the Super Bowl. Uh, and everyone's like, why are you doing that? And he, he was like, oh, you know, I want to learn from the coaches of other sports. So, you know, is it a leadership thing? Is it a man management thing? But if you look at the set pieces that England have done in this World Cup, right. the love train, as Glenn Hoddle has been calling it, where they have the line of the attacking players around the penalty area and then when the ball comes over, they all disperse right. in different ways. That's very similar to what happens in American football when the ball is snapped. The attacking team will have their attacking players and like the defence don't know where they're going and they disperse oh, and right. then the ball is distributed to one of them. And it was very similar to, to how England were taking corners Crying. in this World Cup, which just, you know, with great success until the semi-final. So I think he's taken a bit from that. Okay. So we'll have to see what sports he goes to watch now. Okay. You know, if he goes to watch the water polo, and then when England get a corner, all the players put on goggles. Right. Or when well, he goes to watch actual polo, yeah. and then they come on with mallets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll know that that's what he's doing. Although looking around Europe, a lot of the other big nations are in trouble. Oh, t- tell me more. France, 
they're fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They've got a wealth of talent, a young team. They've just won the World Cup. They're going to be the team to beat. Germany just got knocked out in the first round of the World Cup, mm-hmm. which doesn't happen. So they're all over the place. Spain looked good, but then lost in the second round and you know ditched their manager before the tournament. Italy and Holland didn't qualify. I mean, Belgium, they're the other one who looked look pretty good yes so you look at the Euros and you go well okay so who's going to who's going to be there or thereabouts France, Belgium and then I think England are, are in with a great chance but you know Germany and Italy and Holland will probably be bouncing back well I'm, I must have... and Scotland <laughs> no I'm joking I'm joking <laughs> I can do anything I have to admit that um Although I, d- I don't think I could watch very much football habitually, I would very gladly listen to you talk about football <laughs> all day long. Oh, that's good, because that's what I like to do. <laughs> really sort of have opened my eyes to the technical aspects mm. of it. We know with your discussion of how it, Southgate has related American football to uh, British soccer... Also, all the facts and figures around it, all your all your knowledge of it, as adding an extra dimension. I wouldn't say to my appreciation of the game, but has in itself provided interest. Andy, Andy, it's just twenty-two idiots kicking a ball around. That's all it is. Yeah, <laughs> it is twenty-two idiots kicking a ball around. But there again. You and I both make a living as individual idiots standing in front of sometimes dozens of people. (laughs) Ooh, who books that? (laughs) Trying to find ways of making them convulse. Yeah, I know, I know. If if you're a football fan and you put on social media something about football, it isn't long before someone who doesn't like football will come on and say something to the words of the effect of... Turning two people kicking a ball around is all it is, and that's really frustrating uh-huh. because that's not all it is. No. It's incredibly reductive, mm. and that is why there is a secret comedians group where we talk about football <laughs> where people who make those kind of comments aren't allowed in. Just one more thing. So I lent you a DVD at the start of this podcast experiment, The World's Greatest Goals, which I said was the greatest football DVD of all time. Uh, I understand that you have watched it this morning. I have watched it this morning. I thought it was only... Uh, polite of me to do so. Okay. And um, what conclusions have I reached? I didn't watch it all. It's an hour's worth of goals from World Cup finals. I found an hour's worth to be a bit wearing. Yeah. I must admit, I was occasionally checking my phone. But things that stood out for me? Well, first of all, what a brute Schumacher was. <laughs> oh, Yes. The German goalkeeper, a nice lady too. Yes, he was just shoved at that. He wasn't even anywhere near the ball, but shoved at him. And I think, did he break bones? And yes. the guy had to be taken off in the stretcher? Batistar had three fractured vertebrae. Yeah. yeah. Why was he not sent off? Well, yeah, he wasn't, though. That's, that's just... I know, it's insane. That's just, just it's just appalling for a start. What else? Oh, watching the snippets from the 1966... England final and some of the crowd stuff people turning up in shirts and ties yes properly yeah dress properly it's the World Cup final that was brilliant and then there was a little simple there was Harold Wilson there I saw sitting next to the Queen yeah. and the Queen was actually smiling she hasn't done that recently <laughs> no. at anything well it's because England haven't won the World Cup again <laughs> And just how much the world has changed because, you know, references to the West 
German team yep. and the Czechoslovakian team. And there wasn't even a Croatian no. team in those days. So it just gives you an extra perspective on that. So to reiterate, the, the, the DVD covers 1966 to 1986, that yes. period. Seen as many as the sort of golden age of World Cup football. Because you had Pele yes. and Cruyff and the Dutch team of the, the 70s and all the way to Maradona. Yeah, I, I enjoyed some of the sort of the, the tricksy stuff they used to do. You made reference to Pele. Mm. One time he's, he nearly scores a goal, but he's in the penalty area. He does a bit of deflection, did a, did a bit of sleight of foot. Mm. Is that the, the one against Uruguay where he runs onto the through ball? Mm-hmm. The goalkeeper comes towards him and yeah. he doesn't take the ball. Yes. The goalkeeper gets... That's he's it, in that's the middle it. of nowhere and then Pelé has a shot and an open goal which he just misses yes but that's so little things like that mm. I, I would have loved to have seen more of that sort of stuff in this World Cup every five minutes I would have loved to see <laughs> yeah. that kind we, of thing we want it to be like the Harlem Globetrotters yes but it isn't it isn't though <laughs> and lots of goals scored from quite a distance away I, I don't think there have been many there's been many of them. no, no. There not as many Thunder Bastards in this tournament <laughs> is that the technical term yes uh, <laughs> But obviously, this is you know they're cherry picking yes. goals from six tournaments that mm-hmm. they want you to see. So, yes. but they do do appear to be loads more of them in the past. And although in in the football commentary there is a certain amount of bias, it's uh, an English actor, John Woodvine, and, and I believe he was in the production of the Weber production of the Merchant of Venice. But anyway, he's, I, I, he's biased, is your point? Well, no, well, the script is Christmas in his dealing with Maradona, saying he will, he will always be remembered for the hand of God. Mm-hmm. That sort of thing. And he has been. He has been remembered for the hand of God. And even when he was playing well, they referred to him as that demonic little man. Yeah. <laughs> but in a way, that's accurate because his was the first goal that shone. Maradona, in, little squat man. Yeah. <laughs> Because outside Fennec leaves him for dead. Outside Butcher leaves him for dead. And that is why Maradona is the greatest player in the world. Yes, yeah. it was. Even even with my very limited knowledge of football, I could see that that was brilliant, the way he just wove his way through all of those players yeah. and then got it into the net. I thought that, 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 was, that was breathtaking. And then they showed other goals he did. And also, you were talking about creative midfielders opportunities he created for other players to score as well so that was my major takeaway from that is how brilliant Diego Maradona was so brilliant it was even obvious to me all right well I'm glad you watched it thanks for coming along and being part of this uh, podcast Andy no no thank thank you I, I really appreciated you taking me on this journey I've been thinking would this lead to me watching football more regularly and I must admit after that England Croatia match where I was watching it and I dared to hope that England would win and the disappointment afterwards even though it didn't last very long because as you said it's only 22 men uh, kicking a ball kicking a ball about. at the time I must admit I hadn't been that disappointed since Brexit that's the way <laughs> I felt at the time I feel really sad what other thing made me feel so sad and people around me watching the game was sad and my friend Karen I gave her a little hug because she was she was feeling mm. sad and you know a day or so afterwards I'd had a nice gig 
at this this corporate thing I did and I felt a lot better and I thought yeah okay got some perspective but I'm not sure I could handle that level of disappointment most of the time just to get the occasional moment of euphoria. I've got an inkling of how people feel who have been in love, had a terrible breakup and then don't feel as if they could ever bring themselves to to love again. <laughs> I had a vague inkling of that. You've had a glorious affair with the World Cup. Yes. And you don't think you're ever going to love again. <laughs> is, that, is that true? That I, love, I, may, I may never be able to love another World Cup. And would I watch other football regularly? There was a tweet by Ed Morrish, who's a comedy producer on Radio 4. It says, if you'd like the... Miss World Cup, why not support a local team? It's like this, but usually worse. <laughs> it is. Yeah. But come the Euros in two years' time, are you going to be watching the England games? Are you going to be getting behind the team? It's two years. I probably will watch the England games in the Euros. Yes, I probably will. Is it largely dependent on whether Steve makes you a chilli? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean that does help. That that yeah, that that's, help. yeah, yeah. Be, being with other people watching it and and sort of feeding off their excitement as well helps. And uh, yeah, yeah, I've really appreciated you introducing me to this. And you you know you gave me a present, and I thought it's only fair that I give you a present in return. <laughs> as you know, I I do like a bit of philosophy. Yeah. So what I do is first of all. I got this. I don't know if you've read this already. Okay, so this is... It's a book. It's called Sophie's World by Just, Justine... I believe that's Garda. Justine Garda. It's a number one bestseller. Mm-hmm. And it's about a, a 14-year-old Norwegian schoolgirl. What kind of book is this? <laughs> yes, it's... Oh, okay, I'm flicking through and I'm seeing uh, words like Socrates <laughs> um, from uh, Bell and Ted's Excellent Adventure. That's the fella, yeah. Okay, so Plato. Plato. Which is uh, Mickey Mouse's dog, of course. Yes. It's what it is. It's a work of fiction, but at the same time, it's a sort of whirlwind guide to uh, Western philosophy. Okay. Pick up a lot of ideas. So this is a 427-page book. Yes. Yeah. I so, got you a like a 16-page kids football magazine. <laughs> yes, you did. Yeah. This may take me longer to read. Well, that's it. I'm not oh, expecting you. you to... But just in case you had read that before, I also got this. Um, okay, it's another book. It's uh, by James P. Cass. Yes. It's called Finite and Infinite Games, A Vision of Life as Play and Possibility. Yeah. And it, it, the front cover is like, it's space, and then there's a room in space that has a chessboard in it. And uh, Andy knows that I'm a fan of board games. so Because yes. I know you like games, sports mm. of all kinds. It applies uh, the idea of games to a vision of life. Well, thank you very much for those. It's very kind of you. Didn't have to do that. And thank you for for being part of this uh, experiment. And thanks everyone who's uh, listened and downloaded. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed it. Thanks for all the nice comments on social media and the reviews and that. And just think, it was Germany in 2014. It's France in 2018. So in a way, football is coming home. It's just taking its time. It's interrailing. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Ta-ra. Bye.